Hello and welcome to the podcast. This is Shannon, your beer mistress. This is Ian. And this is Cousin Max again. Cousin Max, welcome back. Right. Thank you for having me again. We've missed you. Well, miss is a uh, subjective word, but... We don't see you nearly often enough. Well, okay. I like that. Well, and we loved having you last time, so we were very excited to hear that you could come back and join us this week. It was too much fun. I uh, needed to come back for another round. Awesome. Or two. Or three, actually, as today happens to hold, which is even better. So as we are rounding out September, the theme of this week's podcast is all things pumpkin. Shannon, I know this is a favorite of yours. Which is saying a lot, because you know how I feel about fall. And flavored beers in general. It's true. Not a huge thing. And I have, I have come around a little bit more on pumpkin beers since uh, meeting you and trying more, to be honest. Uh, I always thought that flavoring beers was kind of a, an impurity to beer. Why add something when it's already delicious by itself? Uh, but I've, I've changed my mind a little bit. So for those of you who don't know me, and I know this is going to be a very polarizing fact to learn, but I She's love... She's a woman. Oh, oh! And she likes beer. <laughs> That's true, but that's, that's not going to put people off so much as the fact that I adore summer and heat and humidity and all things, all things about summer except the beer. <sighs> Lawnmower, lager, not my thing. So disappointing. <laughs> so I mourn the loss of summer. I get very sad when the weather turns cold. However, the beer starts to improve significantly, and that is the redeeming factor. So needless to say, pumpkin and the, the, the smells and the spices and the, you know, Thanksgiving pumpkin pie-ness of it all, that, that gives me hope as I am losing my warm nights and my light in the morning. It's really hard to roll out of bed when it's still dark out. <laughs> You're telling me. <laughs> so today, we, we're doing it upright. We've actually got a trifecta of pumpkin beers. We are starting with the Weyerbacher. Mm-hmm. Their Imperial Pumpkin. Which is an ale. Um, and the bottle says it is brewed with pumpkin and spices. Uh, specifically, cinnamon, nutmeg, cardamom. I, I know what it tastes like, but I don't ever say it out loud. And cloves. And this one ranks in at 8% ABV. Also, uh, I like their label. Yeah. I think, that, I think that label art is important. I don't think that it necessarily tells you how good a beer is. But I think if you have a great beer with a great label, it makes it an even better beer. Fair enough. Max, why is it classy? Going off of what Ian was talking about, the, uh, and we were just briefly going over this, was the fact that beer art uh, sometimes replaces the quality that's inside the bottle. And I feel like that you can find, if you can find um, you know, a, good, a good company, a good company in general is going to not only produce a quality product, but be able to present it in a quality way. And I really enjoy Weyerbacher, um, their bottle art in general, um, from from their staples to their seasonals to everything. Didn't they just change they the, Mary, the Mary, Monks? Mary Monks? Yes, they did. I don't know how I feel about this yet. Change is not my thing. We'll get through this together. <laughs> I promise. It'll, it'll, it'll all work out. Thankfully, what's in the bottle still is amazing and delicious. Yes. yes. They haven't actually changed the recipe, just the label. No, I, I, I'm a huge fan of bottle art and I always have been um, you know growing up my uh, my father being an artist I was exposed to all different um, mediums uh, at a very very early age and whether it be you know wall art or um, painting or sculpture or you know now combining my two passions of beer and art uh, 
I really appreciate it when they put the time and the effort into creating something that's not only fun to drink and delicious, but also fun to look at. See, but that meshes very well with your love of food, I think. Oh, yes. Because you eat with your eyes first. So if you're attracted to the bottle and you want to pick it off the shelf and then later drink it, I think that makes a lot of sense. Which can sometimes be a pitfall. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes the clever, whimsical uh, bottle art that you may find out there, especially with a lot of lesser known companies. Up and coming, shall we say. Both. Or they hope say. to be up and coming. I would yeah. say yeah. both because just because um, up and coming, I, I, I see that up and coming and uh, little known aren't necessarily the same. Fair enough. Um, Some companies are little known because they deserve to be. True. Or they're always going to be small because they only have the capacity to do a certain exactly. amount of production. There are some very, very wonderful local and regional beers that you can't really find throughout the, uh, throughout the country, but you know, they are their own little gems in their own right. But uh, they really do, do need to be careful, especially on the smaller scale, I think, um, when presenting themselves, to do it in a way that's uh, eye-catching, but at the same time, not a false representation of what's inside. Well, pumpkin ale kind of talks for itself, right? Yes. Though, I think we're going to learn throughout today that as we try three different ones, they each speak their own language? Well, so we'll see as we taste them. Um, I do know that some of the past pumpkin beers I've had... Some of them have a hint of pumpkin where you get that, that essence of pumpkin, and it's actually the pumpkin. Uh, and then others are like, oh, pumpkin pie. And both can be good. It kind of depends what you're in the mood for. If you're, if you're having that last beer of the night, you know, and, and maybe you don't want to necessarily kick down the ABV, but you want that sweetness, a little bit of the spice to it. It'd go great with a cup of coffee, actually, I think. You know, alternating between having, you know, a sip of pumpkin and, and like a cappuccino. Uh, maybe that's just because the pumpkin spice latte is out there. Yum. But um, that's when you want that, that pumpkin pie kind of pumpkin beer. That's when I want it, at least. I want that always. i got to be honest. There's okay. almost never that I have found a pumpkin beer that tastes like just roasted pumpkin. Because to me, it's not enough of a flavor to hold its own against... Well, I'm not saying it tastes like a pumpkin necessarily, but it tastes like beer with pumpkin in it, the pumpkin itself. Right. And I, I think that the Weyerbacher is not an overpoweringly... This is not pumpkin pie to me. I agree. Though, I here's my thing. And this is the tough part about these very strong flavored beers. Every beer changes every year because the ingredients are never the same. The blend is never the same. It's always going to be its own vintage, if mm -hmm. you will. Last year, Weyerbacher Imperial Pumpkin became my flagship pumpkin beer. It was it for me. I had it on draft. And truly... And this is going to sound bad, but it's it's Southern Tier. Pumpkin was the best of the best for the longest time. And last year, they changed their recipe. They lowered the ABV, uh, which I understand. It should never be done. <laughs> but sometimes people are not ready for that, you know, 11%. How are they ever going to become ready if you don't expose them to it? Well, you know, we'll drive up to Southern you Tier. You got to take the training have... wheels off at some point, right? Yeah. That's all I'm saying. I, I want to see you have that conversation with the brewers up there. I would love to. <laughs> I'm sure you would. Um, but when they changed the recipe, all of a sudden it was not as good anymore to me, to my palate. Um, and so I was in search of a new pumpkin beer, and that's when I found the Weyerbacher, and it was quite lovely. So this year, when I saw it, it was the first pumpkin ale that I saw in my beer store that was one that I was waiting for. Um, 
But then you had a similar experience, right? I'm kind of disappointed. And for the exact reason that Ian just said, it just, it tastes like a rich ale infused with pumpkin. And that's not what I look for personally in a pumpkin beer. So... See, I think that pumpkin beer is different than pumpkin pie beer. But do, are any of them ever called pumpkin pie beer? I don't know that I've ever seen that on a label. I'm sure I, I got to imagine somewhere. there is a pumpkin pie beer out there. That's it. Pull up the internet. We've got to find out. I like it. Make I, it happen. I have never personally like sat down at a bar and seen a beer menu and looked up and saw you know a pumpkin pie beer. There have been those that I have had a sip of along the way that definitely have that flavor. My uh, my introduction to uh, to pumpkin beers and any kind of real flavored beers actually was the uh, I want to say it was a couple years back and it was the first uh, time I was exposed to Dogfish Head Pumpkin Ale. Oh, okay. And which I instantly fell in love with and went out and tried to buy several cases, but every single beer distributor in the area was completely tapped out. What do you like about it? Because I have and to admit, it's not my thing. Honestly, the thing that got me about it was I had been drinking, you know, non-flavored beers, if you will. I mean, not beers with no flavor, but, you know, beer beers, you know, where you'd get the malt and the hops, but nothing in addition to it. And when I started drinking Dogfish Head, primarily what I was getting and what I'm still looking for predominantly in, in pumpkin beers is uh, a nasal quality. I want to I want to be you able to smell, smell it as I'm drinking it. Okay. But I want that heavy pumpkin hit, and then on the exhale, I want to feel that pumpkin again. So on both on the intake and and going out, but not necessarily needing it on the palate itself. And that I think Dogfish Head really did well. They didn't have nearly as much of a substance, you know, the flavor of the beer itself. But you got a lot of qualities before and after actually drinking it that really made it a very well-rounded beer. Um, I've obviously had, you know, quite a ample supply of different pumpkin beers since, and, you know, some I've liked more, some I've not liked as much, but that's still the only one that I've gotten that's really given me that exact, you know, inhale, exhale that I, I look for in a flavored beer. I think that one is, and I truly don't remember off the top of my head, but I thought that I read... That it's a lot lower in ABV. It is. Yeah. We were actually talking about it last Sunday with a bartender manager friend that we know who's, uh, she chose that for her wedding beer, I think. Oh, nice. She may not have been there, but Alex was. I was there. Um, so, yeah. And, and part of the reason she chose it was because it was more of a 6%er than a 10%er. Uh, and when you're serving up a bunch of beer at your wedding... You don't necessarily want everyone to get tanked off that first beer. So. Well, and if people aren't used to craft beer, that's the one thing you always have to be careful. Now I got to s- assume that a lot of their friends had better be. <laughs> <laughs> Just knowing what I know. So our second beer is a Chiflet pumpkin ale. And uh, this one is 8% as well. I mean, we're not really cracking it open yet but um just in terms of comparing the abvs and then the icing on the cake if you will is the southern pie rather yes oh the whipped cream on the pumpkin pie of the day (laughs) uh is the southern tier pumpkin and it's uh an imperial ale and that one is 8.6 so the three that we're having today are all very similar in that regard none of them none of them like that dogfish pumpkin I've got to tell you, Ian, I know people can't see us drinking, but I am... But I look like a champion, I know. Always. With my goblet. You you took off your bow tie, though. <laughs> um, work, work, work. 
I, for the 10 minutes or so that we've been doing this now, every time I take a sip of this from this glass, I sip from the imperfection on the side of it. <laughs> and I don't even know how that's possible. The what imperfection? Oh. I was sworn um, to secrecy on that. I, that's true. I'm sorry. Gosh almighty. Jay, we love you. Oh, Jay's amazing. Jay makes nothing with imperfections. So a little backstory. We do not really like to drink out of bottles unless, you know, we're at a barbecue and situation is dire. Given given the option between a plastic cup or a bottle, we will definitely drink out of a bottle. But when we sit here and podcast with you, we are classy buggers and we are absolutely drinking out of glasses. I'm wearing a suit. No, you're <laughs> not. Just close. Yeah, a few. Uh, so whenever Cousin Max is over, we break out the Belgian hand-blown glasses. And each one is different. It's got its own character because, again, it was made by hand by our glass blower friend, Jay, because, you know, we have friends who blow glass. That's totally normal. Uh, but the one that I have drawn the straw for today is the first one that we ever saw made. And at the very last moment after, what, like an hour of watching him put in the color. At least it was hot. We were drinking. Oh, it was June. We were sweating. And then the fire is like 450 degrees or... I'm sure it's hotter than that. I'm, it's probably hotter I than that. I think Jay is hanging his head in shame. Oh, <laughs> we learned nothing from <laughs> learned this nothing. lesson. It was hot. We were drinking. <laughs> uh, at the very last minute, it just, it, it sort of cracked and they could it band-aid. On the inside. Yeah, they could band-aid the flaw. And you really, you really have to look closely to see it. But um, they did not want to sell it to us because, you know, they take their craft very seriously and they're the best, the best of what they do. And why would they sell us a flawed one? But Ian and I were so impressed with seeing something created from nothing that we just, we wanted to possess it. So we convinced him to let us buy it. And I love it. And the imperfection is probably my favorite part. I'm sorry, Jay, the rest of your work is impeccable, but that's, that's my favorite part. Um, but apparently today, Luck of the draw has it that every time I put the glass to my lips, it's right there on the little on the little crack. So what do, what do you? I feel like you just found out something cool. No, well, I mean there is a, a Chelsea Brewing Company which does make a pumpkin pie beer. They're in New York. In New York, okay. Yeah. Um, I doubt they're the only one though. So the Weyerbacher is here in Philly. Well, in Pennsylvania. Reasonably okay. close. What is it? Easton, I think? Mm, possibly. Weyerbacher is close to Philly. Yes, Easton. I know it's within within about a 45-minute to an hour <laughs> from Philadelphia. You know what? We're going to go there someday. I like we, this plan. We might just. We're afraid that when that day comes, we won't be friends anymore. Because yeah, probably won't. It was like the first thing we ever said we would do together when we found uh. out that we have like beer in common. He looked at me, he's like, oh my god, we should totally go to Weyerbacher. My favorite brewery at the moment. Still one of my top favorite breweries. But And it's been a year and a half and it's a 45 minute drive. And do you think we've ever been to Weyerbacher? Nope. So You've been further yeah. than 45 minute drives to go to breweries, <laughs> but not to the closest one that we're enjoying right now. Exactly. <laughs> so now it's becoming a running gag and we kind of don't want to mess with a good thing. Because... Because you know. then we won't be friends anymore. <laughs> well, the other option is just skip right over Weyerbacher and go right up to Omegong. Oh, don't Cousin don't whisper Max. sweet nothings at me. What are you doing? I don't know that I would go as far as Omegong. I might get stuck at Allagash along the way. Uh, or continue on to Stuck Hillfarm's at bed. or visiting for amazing beer. 
that's the problem. There's Hill Farmstead, fantastic, in the middle of flipping nowhere. There, it is not on the way to anything. Like, Let's just remember that it is called Hill Farmstead. Yeah, it's not like hill in the middle of a city. <laughs> Well, then they are aptly named, and that is judging by nothing but Google Maps. But at the same time, I'm just going to say, I've, Ian said nothing but amazing things about this place, and especially the Citra Hops. And, and it, Double Citra. I have talked to people who own bottle shops saying, can you get me any Hill Farmstead? And they just laugh at me because it's just that in demand. There's nothing else you can do. You just have to laugh. So I decided I need to get me some of that. And then I looked up where it is and I'm thinking, I'm, I'm not going to happen upon that place. Like I need to take off a half a week of work just to get there because it's, it's definitely a commitment. And then another half a week to enjoy it. Well, that's true. Because buying it doesn't do you any good until you can drink it. I have to admit, I'm looking because uh, I'm enjoying my glass right here because it's transparent. Yours is very different than and, ours, yes. Uh, but what I'm really getting to notice is that this Weyerbacher actually has a really, really nice pumpkin color. I'm just holding it up to the light here, and it's but it's not really orange. gorgeous. It's this really gorgeous kind of orange, but it makes me feel like I am indeed drinking a pumpkin ale because I feel like so many of them. I and I've had quite um, quite a few that are just very brown. Right. I find it deceptive the, when you say it's a pumpkin ale and not a brown ale. They're much more ale-y than right. pumpkin-y. That makes sense. Ian, your glass looks empty. Would you like My some My glass Chiflet? is empty. I was going to wait for you guys to catch up because clearly I'm a champion and you are... Pacing Slackers. ourselves. <laughs> I'm just enjoying myself thoroughly. That's what it is. Oh, good sound right there. Good sound. Love that sound. That's a very uh, noticeable sound. I love how... I won't say every kind of alcohol, but almost every alcohol is with a cork at least. You can tell if it's champagne, you can tell if it's a wine, you can tell if it's beer. You know, even if it's a, a beer with a cork in it, you still go, <gasps> beer. It's such a happy sound. It is. So last night we went to a restaurant. We did. In downtown Philadelphia called... Pumpkin. Pumpkin. Um, just for your enjoyment pleasure. It's a BYO in, uh, in Philadelphia on South Street. And the first thing that happened is we walked in with a bottle of Allagash Hugh Malone, which oh, is Hugh. a Belgian IPA. I would, I would wager to say it's one of your two favorite Allagash. It's really hard. I mean, to how many beers do they make? Because it's one of that many of my favorite Allagashes. <laughs> <laughs> he loves the Curio, which is the oak barrel aged or the, uh, it's the bourbon, bourbon barrel aged. Okay. So I know he loves the Curio. Uh, Victor Victoria, both delicious. Mm. The black. They're all. Black I find absolutely wonderful. I no. had that last night. Wait for it. We'll get there. I have okay, to admit, true though, yes. without getting too off track, but I figured since Allagash was brought up. Uh, life is off track. Go for it. I do have to recall the time that we did go down to one of the keg tappings and was introduced <gasps> to the Fluxus. Hmm? Okay, no. Was that is a touchy subject for me. Phenomenal. The, here's the problem with the Fluxus. If it you read... Fluxuates. Fluxus you wait. Yes. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, bad womp, puns are one womp. of my favorite things. I really have gotten Cousin off Max, track here. you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> you can go now. Uh, if you read the Beer Mistress's top 10 favorite beers of all time, it includes the Allagash Fluxus 2011. 
And the problem with the Fluxus is exactly what they have said time and time again, is that it changes every year. They pick a different brewer. Uh, from what we have talked to the Allagash reps and, and learned a little more about this beer, they pick a different brewer to highlight each year and say, hey, you're creative, you're good at what you do, go for it, and we support whatever it is you want to make. Unfortunately, it's always produced under that same name. So you never know what you're going to get from year to year. And again, it's like... very gypsy brewing of them. So like me and the Pum King, who fell in love with it in 2010 and then was sad in 2011, the same happened with the Fluxus, is I had it and had this beer epiphany. And then the next year, not knowing the story behind it, as I sought it out and was so excited and was like, this is nothing like what I had last year. What, what's going on here? But you know, I find that to be part of the charm oh. of craft brew drinking. They experiment. You'll never... You'll never find your new favorite thing if you keep doing the same thing. It's just... That's your philosophy on life, it I'm sure pretty is, sure. But I, I absolutely mean that. You do, you want, do you want a t-shirt that says that for Christmas? Oh, I don't want a t-shirt. What am I going to do with a t-shirt? When's the last time I wore a t-shirt? You might be wearing one under your collared shirt. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's called an undershirt. <laughs> Would you and like an logo on it, <laughs> Would you like why do I want something written on it? <laughs> you're just going to see it through my beautifully starched white shirts. Whatever, continue. No, I mean, I really do enjoy... Uh, going along for the ride, so to speak, when a uh, when a, a notable um, brewery is uh, is doing a consistently good job, um, something like Weyerbacher or Southern Tier um, that you know have had slight ups and downs. Um, I do enjoy seeing how things work chronologically, where some years they they nail it, you know, perfect. You know, this is exactly what I want to drink all the time, and the next year it may change up a little bit. But I feel like that's why these beers are significantly better than your typical mass market beers. And it's because every year they're trying something new. They're truly they're, crafted. They really are. And every single, just like the glasses that you're drinking out of right now, they're beautiful. They are well designed, they're but they're all different. completely different. And you know what? One day you may want to drink out of one glass. But then the next day you may want to move on to another one. Not because, and I mean, they're made, you know, in the same fashion, but it's different tastes. And I feel like, Shannon, with you and the Pumpkin and the Weyerbacher, I believe that, you know, although for you personally, it may have fell short one year and then flourished the next, um, you know, and I happen to agree with you, but I feel like there are other beer drinkers out there that may have even been in the reverse. And it's just kind of like, how are they catering and who are they catering to and who is the one doing the tastings and, and, and d developing the character of the beer on a yearly basis? I'm going to guess that you're right on the reverse because they kept that new formula and they kept that lower ABV. They carried that over into 2012. So if, you know, if the kickback were so significant or they saw their sales drop Plummet. or something, they might have gone back. But that's not the case. I'm sorry. Are we talking about the Weyerbach or the Southern Tier now? Southern Tier. Which... Sorry. I don't actually know of a, a distinct difference with the Weyerbacher, other than it's not doing it for me. But in terms of flavor and whatnot, I don't know of them changing for sure or doing also, something different. Also, I find the more beers I try, like I'll go back to a beer I loved, loved, loved five years ago. And I'll see it somewhere and I'll be like, oh my God, I haven't had it in so long. I can't wait to try it. Oh, and hey, maybe it's a bad keg, you know, maybe it's been sitting around for a while, 
maybe my palate's just changed. You know, maybe I'm, I'm used to so many other different flavors and stuff. I'm expecting a lot more from beers these days because they just keep putting more and more stuff into beers. Well, and not not to not in a bad way. Like it is making it better. The beers are getting better and better and better. And so, what was a great beer five years ago? Might be a mediocre beer now. It's got to be a tough industry to be in because you constantly have to up your game. You have to be that cutting edge. Absolutely. I pretty much look at it exactly the same way I would look at art. The more you know about it, the more difficult it is to please. Mm -hmm. So the more educated that you are in, say, music, the more in-depth, the more complex, the more, you know, the you more hear all those va- flaws varieties. You hear how, oh, that exactly. Was a, yeah, that sounded really cool, but it was a really simple exactly. chord progression. It's and like, good and for you, you can't appreciate the simplicities in something as much, which is a double-edged blade. Yeah. Um, on one Ignorance hand, is often bliss on a lot of respects. There's, in, there's in on one hand, it. would it be significantly cheaper for me to be able to sit there and drink mass market beers? Ah, yes. Yes. I if I could, loved them, I would. I be, could drink a hundred times what would I more. I do with all my money. But honestly, the more that you drink and the more you're exposed to, the more you're really going to enjoy what you're drinking instead of just drinking to drink. And I feel the same way with with music. I feel the same way with art. I feel the same way with virtually everything that's worth my time. Is I would rather do something less and really truly enjoy what it is than settle for something else. Yep. I need to say it. Ian just poured me some Chiflet, and I'm grinning like an idiot. Oh, my God. It's amazing. All I've got is, is cinnamon and nutmeg. and It's got much more of the, the pumpkin pie pumpkin aspect pie. to it. But it's not sweet. It is spicy without it's being sweet. sweet. It's very, it makes me very happy. Well, not going to lie. I think that, and this time of year, which, uh, sorry, Shannon, the, the autumn has to be my absolute crisp, favorite time cold, of year. Cold, crisp. You guys are such boys. Ian, it's when we Ugh. can wear, go out in suits again. We can and wear be jackets. Perfectly comfortable. Ugh. And not sweat uh, everywhere. It's, the, it's, uh, it's somewhere between the smells, the sounds, the sights, the, the flavors. You're just an alliteration believe, mess over there. <laughs> I believe that it's charming. Fall, <laughs> fall is the, it's perfect. And I, I say that more because it's, you know, the transition from the summer, which, sorry again, Shannon, I Awful. cannot stand. <laughs> I have a total aversion to shorts. Um, well, guys in shorts is always sun, an awkward the situation. The sun does not favor me, nor shorts. I it. I do. Uh, Thank you. It's fine. It's, what male looks good in shorts? <laughs> it's, it's really just the transition from summer into fall as opposed to winter into, into spring. You know, for some reason, it's that fall. It reminds me of that whole going back to school. It's like that high whole, school football. It's the whole thing yeah. is r- renewal. Something is kicking back off. And I feel like, you know, some of the greatest flavors um, throughout the entire year come around in they're the fall. They're also, like, hearty. They are. They're hearty. They're delicious. They're, you know, they're, deep. They're stuff you want to eat when you're cold. It's And going back to, you know, the, the coffee flavors that you'll get or the beer flavors that you get or the, the food, you know, anywhere you go has some kind of an, you know, an autumnal themed menu. And it's just, it really is the only time of year where I feel like people really nail it without going over the top like they would towards, you know, mid-December. I assure you that the only thing that gets me through winter is beer. Like the dark beers and the nice chocolatey or coffee or And I'll say it spicy. again, Mad Elf. Oh, <laughs> oh the elf. I think it's going to have to come up in every podcast. It really is. Uh, it, it has to make an appearance until one day we're just going to be like Can we just get a little like around. crackling Mad Elf sound cue? That would be amazing. 
Uh, I do want to bring it back to Pumpkin last night, uh, the restaurant we went to, uh, where we ate nothing that was pumpkin. No, actually. We drank actually. nothing that was pumpkin. Which is a rather deceptive name then. Uh, well, but they change their menu every month, and I every, respect them for that. Is it every month or every week? Go online, pumpkinphilly.com. Right. It's either every month I don't really, or week. I don't really they remember. They have a fresh menu using fresh seasonal ingredients. Also, their name has nothing to do with food. It's, uh, it's what they call each other. Aww. It's a husband-wife duo. Oh, that, my God. Oh, that's so that sickeningly sweet. sweet. Uh, it's cloyingly sweet like this. Like, like this chiffelet. <laughs> like a pumpkin lambic. Oh. Mm. So, Sour for the record, <laughs> the chiffelet is from St. Louis, Missouri. And I actually went on their website a couple weeks ago I by chance, you know, because I'm that kid and I go on websites of breweries by chance they were just bought out by someone but they're working very hard as they're growing to maintain their roots and they're pumpkin roots <laughs> oh that's not even funny I Max, pumpkins grow uh, on vines i'm fired vines have roots everything has a root <laughs> max is winning the bad pun test winning of like today. Course, right yeah yes absolutely <laughs> please don't even get me started I, I completely forget what I, I was like saying. their quote. Uh, Lay it on us. They have a, a quote on their bottle that says, I would rather sit on a pumpkin and have it all to myself than be crowded on a velvet cushion. Which was actually a Henry David Thoreau quote. Nice. But uh, I think there's a lot of truth to that for myself personally. It's good to have something of your own. I find pumpkins to be a little bit more versatile than velvet cushions, anyhow. Oh. But velvet's so nice. <laughs> but you can you can turn that pumpkin into a carriage and go off to the uh, ball and okay, make Prince Charming. Or you can oh. turn it into beer. <laughs> All right, touche. Well, if you're sitting on it, it's much more likely to get smashed. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I guess if I had to pick between a pretty dress and a good beer, it might be a very long, long deliberation before I decide which one I'm in the mood for. I hear that. All right, bringing it back again. Sorry. Pumpkin. Yeah, oh, you were starting. So we started off with the, U- <laughs> the Hume Malone, the Belgian style IPA, which the lovely hostess t- almost took her eye out. With oh my gosh, I was with I, the cork. All we, she did was undo the wire cage on top, and it popped. Yes. And she was just like, she picked it up, and she's like, "Do you mind if I open this in the back?" And I'm like, no, whatever, don't care. And then we're sitting there, and we're chatting, and we just hear, "Oh, it was like, so huge loud!" Pop, and we're just like, Whoa. and I turn back, and I just see her there, like. Holding it out in front of her a good couple feet. Like, like terrified back, of the like, bottle. Just like, did you guys see that? As if it was a grenade. <laughs> yeah, pretty More much. More or and less. Yeah, it almost was. And uh, we followed that up with a bottle of champagne because... We so weird. you decided to give the poor waitress more quirks. Yes. Yes, and that one also apparently went yeah. off pretty easy. She wondered, <laughs> She said, did you guys like run you shake here? these up before yeah. you got here? <laughs> uh, but the meal was excellent. The... Libations were plentiful and delicious. Uh, That's and what I, happens at a BYO. We are always plentiful with our libations. Yeah. Well, you know, it's you can't get to the entree and be out of booze. No, that, that would be very sucks. sad. You still have dessert after that because so it's not like you can just you know? order. An I feel extra. like if I could come up with a catchphrase for the two of you, it would be "be liberal with your libations." <gasps> I love it. <laughs> we might steal that. Can that be like the dashing rogue catchphrase? I like it. Write yeah. it down. We have it recorded. (laughs) Uh, But we then followed that up with a trip to another one of my favorite locales, uh, Jose Pistola's, located on uh, 15th and Spruce. I just know it's like in a back corner alley of something somewhere, and I happen upon it by accident a lot. 
It's a great place. One of the first beer bars that I really got into in Philadelphia once I was moved back from college and able to drink and all that jazz. Uh, you went to college? I did. You have a degree? Uh, no. Uh, I do. Uh, <laughs> it's not worth Theater anything. doesn't count for anything. Um, but I actually had a pumpkin beer there last night, which I must admit the name escapes me. Perhaps it was the hue or the champagne or the pumpkin beer. I was beer. thinking we should have stole that yeah, beer menu. Yeah, we should have taken that with us. Uh, I'm sure I can all inquire. I'll find out. But that, I took a sip of it and I said, this tastes like my mother's Thanksgiving pumpkin pie. And even on the exhale, I could taste the homemade whipped cream that she makes. It was delicious. On top of it. And it was just this fantastic, like it wasn't sickeningly sweet or anything, but it just had this beautiful spice combination and had this sweet pumpkin going on with it. And it just tasted so fresh and homemade. Uh, so I just... Well, to me, it doesn't sound like we need to find the name. It sounds like we need to go back. <laughs> well, well it is. Yeah. That'll be, uh, after this, we'll be heading there. It's a good plan. Uh, and I really, I really enjoyed it. And again, like it was, hey, we just had dessert. I wasn't looking to really, we're kind of mellowing out at that point of the evening. So it was a great end of the night. <sighs> yeah. Like the, the cocktail has a the nice little bow on the end of. digestive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it, I was impressed because given the beer menu at Jose's, which is a good, what, 12 or 14 drafts maybe. Mm-hmm. And they do a great job of explaining each beer. So you know... Uh, Oftentimes their explanations are very humorous. Yeah. But they're also very true. But they're not surprising. Like you don't order something and say, oh, I didn't know that this flavor would be in it. Right. Um, I do like when they compare them to like sports players and stuff though. <laughs> I didn't think that given those 14 that Ian would pick a pumpkin beer. I was kind of impressed. Well, I did start off with the, uh, the Rodenbach Classic, which was... Uh, good soury deliciousness so i'm gonna ask this and i don't know that i want to know the answer but i'm gonna ask it anyway as two guys who seem to really enjoy sour beer what is it that you like about it like because i don't frankly the end if i get something so often i enjoy the beginning of the sip and then it just feels like that puckery awkward like, oh, I'm sucking on a lemon kind of thing that is not refreshing or tasty to but me. But you like lemons, right? Sure I do. In do you like Sour Patch Kids? Only the red ones. I didn't even know there's a flavor difference. Oh, well, here's the thing, and this is probably TMI, but when I was little, I was allergic to red food coloring. So anything like the red M&Ms and the red is Sour Patch Kids and the Twizzlers and whatever, like if it was red, it would like make me break out into hives. And the doctor kept saying, oh, you'll grow out of it. And I did. I was like seven and I finally grew out of it. Well, that means that certain things like red jelly all beans, that's all I want is the red ones. Like I could never 20 have years later, I will eat all the red yeah. jelly beans. So now I don't, I don't give two hoots about the green Sour Patch Kids, but I want the red ones. And I only want the red jelly beans, et cetera, et cetera. If I may, on sours, um, the thing that I really like from them is to... Uh, to harken back to a simpler time. Oh um, my God, you're not that old. Let me throw a uh, let me throw a, a, a term out there. Throw it at you. Um, <laughs> it's the whole term of uh, funky fresh. Funky fresh, which is exactly what I get out of sours. It's this like you sound so wow, hipster right now. It kind of hurts. It's this wow Cousin wham right up in your face. This is something different. It's got that beer characteristic, but it's it's com- it's Think about it like this. We enjoy pumpkin beers. Yes, I do. 
Think of a sour as a lemon beer, only minus the citrus. Like Hellhound. Because I don't find, I don't necessarily find always in all sours, I don't find that there's an overwhelming amount of citrus. I just find that there is an over, overwhelming amount of that soury, bitter more of kind a cherry. of... It's kind of got that... Sour cherry kind of flavor to it. pucker at the end of Especially it. the darker the sour, the, I find the more sour cherry, even like a rhubarb kind of um, effect to it instead of a sour, like a citrus It does sour. kind of harken back to an older style of it beer. It does. Where the rhubarb is what was available. You know, they didn't have... I'm from Lancaster County. There's so much rhubarb where I come from. Exactly. But no one knows how to cook it anymore. Anymore. Yeah. Once upon a time, they said, hey, you know, we don't have a lot of uh, this certain kind of malt. Well, we got some rhubarb. Let's throw that in there. I would like (laughs) to throw down the gauntlet right here. Throw it. And say anybody that may be listening, interested in brewing, instead of going the pumpkin pie route for beer, do a rhubarb pie? pie. A rhubarb pie. Rhubarb pie. And see what you can come up with. I don't even like pie that. and I would eat that. That sounds great. That would, would be rhubarb pie is one of my all time favorites. Oh. With no. or without strawberries, with or without sour cherries. Rhubarb is delicious. And I would love to see it incorporated more in brewing. Because it is a very it's a very unique flavor. It's a, it's got a very, very deep characteristic to it, which is that it's a little bit sour, a little bit tart, a little bit uh you know, it's it's exactly what I'm looking for in a sour in a sour ale. Do you know where I went where they almost overused and abused rhubarb? A place Vet- called Rhubarb. Vetri. Vetri. We got the nine course tasting menu at Vetri and I think five of the courses had rhubarb in it somehow. And I do enjoy rhubarb, but at the end of that meal I was like, if you put rhubarb in one more thing, I'm just gonna send it back and say, you know, well, Mix I've, it up here, friends. I it's the biggest downfall for many restaurants is the overkill on a single ingredient. Well, and the it's not every day that you have a nine course meal. So if you're just going true. in and, and it having, also makes a lot of sense for a restaurant to have three or four courses or three or four different options that have the same ingredient because that way you're cutting down on waste, you're Definitely. But I wouldn't say an ingredient mm-hmm. as distinctive as a rhubarb. Right. I mean, an ingredient Lettuce like is one thing, spinach, rhubarb is something else. An ingredient else, yeah. like mushrooms, an ingredient like balsamic. That that would I feel you True. know have a little bit more uniformity to it. But when you're throwing out something like I've been to restaurants where lemon was the it was overkill on every and it, honestly the food would have been very very good. <laughs> you took the damn lemon out if it just wasn't <laughs> coated in lemon juice. Yeah, oh. and it, it what it did was it ruined the entire meal that would have otherwise been great, but sometimes less is more. And without, you know, in constantly throwing things at it, and this applies to food just as much as it does to beer, you know, That's don't... me and hops. Don't overkill something just because you want to go over the top. Hops are because delicious. sometimes it may take something that's beautiful and ruin it. Right. Exactly. Like, I want to balance. I don't care what beer it is. I want to balance. And I don't want you to slap me upside the face with any one flavor, regardless of what it is. But I'm wondering, as I as I gaze across the room and I look at your clear glass, you have had the Weyerbacher, and now you're looking at the Chiflet, and what do you feel about that color? I find that it's even more orange. It's also uh-huh. a little bit clearer. All right, yes. yes. Less so, cloudy. Which, Weyerbacher is, is much more cloudy. Which I don't find in a lot of uh, pumpkin beers, honestly. I find a lot of pumpkin beers to be a little bit on the uh, more muddled Unfiltered spectrum. side? Yeah. Right. Which I think may have something to do with the brewing techniques and, you know, involving spices and, and, you know, pumpkin pulp or however they, you know. Also, in general, again, these 
cold weather beers, they tend to be darker. They tend to right. be cloudier. They tend to... See, but I like unfiltered. To me, it means more flavor. You know, when you've got to chew it, there's more you, going I like, there. Is that why you like pulpy orange juice? Yes. I do like pulpy orange juice. I like pulpy orange juice, Thank you. Oh, my gosh. I thought... Real beer drinkers. You know what the thing is with pulpy orange juice? No, what's the it's thing? It's the same cost as non-pulpy orange juice. But you're getting more exactly. orange. Exactly. Get orange. You get more orange. You got that chew that mouthful of orange pulp and you're just like victorious. I wish every juice came with pulpiness. Yeah. Yeah, but you don't really want like pulp in your like cranberry juice. Throw some, some berries, orange pulp in throw there. Some berries <laughs> in there. Mash them up. Yeah. Dump them in the bottom. Macerated cherries. Speaking, actually, if I may go off on a tangent here. Tangent away. And uh, this is uh, something that I really want to introduce to both of you because I had it for the first time ever. Uh-oh. Uh, about two weeks ago. And it was absolutely like food and drink, right? Famous. Cool. <laughs> absolutely famous. I had, and honestly, I enjoyed myself so much and there was a little bit of... You know, I'll be honest. There was Stop some the liberal, build up, just tell me. There was some liberal libation going on that evening as well. So it was... It uh, tends to happen. I had a... And now all, all I remember was that it was an <laughs> Italian oh, cheese. Oh, no. All good stories start that way. All it I remember is... It was an is... Italian cheese. Slightly on the harder side. But it's rind. Instead of a rind or instead of a mold or instead of whatever, you know, casing that cheese wheel came in, it was actually in the crushed remnants of a Barolo. So I, it was literally the pulp. Wait, can I raise my hand? Yes. I don't know what a Barolo is. You haven't lived until you've had a Barolo. Good. Sell me on a Barolo. The Barolo is And perhaps, I bet our listeners are not all jumping up and down going, oh, I love Barolo. What and I know that this is and I know that this is a slightly off topic conversation for a beer podcast, but We live to be off topic. This cheese would go phenomenally with virtually any fall drinking beer. Why? Because of the deep, deep earthiness that was involved with it. See, I get nervous because when I drink a wine and I have an earthiness, it's almost like a scotch. It's like mm-hmm. a very, like, peat moss. Now, let me, very, nah. let me catch you there. All right. That's the Barolo wine. This was the cheese. Okay. It was crusted with the pulped grapes that go into making the Barolos. So this, the entire rind of the cheese was these mashed up grapes and they just lent this beautiful deep earthy but they gave element nice color to the, to it oh well. it was probably the greatest cheese i've ever where did eaten. you find it uh de bruno brothers oh so did you sample it and then take it home or you just picked it out by uh, chance? a friend of mine uh it was actually her birthday you have friends um, some some uh it was her birthday and she does a lot of traveling and so she decided to, instead of, um, you know, being somewhere else and going out for her birthday dinner or what have you, she uh, decided to pick up a dinner, a fabulous, fabulous dinner in that, um, and bring it over to my parents' house, and where we all kind of got together and had this wonderful, wonderful birthday dinner. Do you have parents? I do have parents. I do. Some. They, some. I'm not that old. <laughs> but... Uh, what it was, it just turned out to this amazing feast of just beautiful meats a and, board, and cheeses. A and cornucopia it going was with a Thanksgiving theme. That's it. Phenomenal. And this cheese was by far... Now, let me, let me say that there was uh, dry-aged organic grass-fed T-bone steaks on Whoa. the menu. That is so many Whoa. adjectives. And 
the more adjectives involved in meat, the better. Yes. All right. And those were not even Unless the one it's like thing. Highly processed, full of. <laughs> they were not the thing that I took away from that meal. Wow. It was because the I've had I took good away. Steaks. You mean like under your coat? I've had good steaks that we can now I've wear. I've had good steaks a plenty, but this cheese. I all I'm thinking. And oh that, my gosh, the reason, your eyes are so wide. The right reason now. that I wanted to bring this up was because all I want to do is eat this cheese with this beer. This beer being the Chiflet? Yes. Okay. Why? It it would have just it would create this entire fall menu. He'd feel like he in was one bite and one sip. You would just it'd have. It would be like the night before Halloween. It would be. You just have the brisk air. Leaves crumbling everywhere. Oh, oh, talking dirty now. Ah. Maybe you're sitting out on a porch I somewhere. like it. Oh. Go on. Maybe there's like a little fire pit. Go on. Ah, it's so good. Some hot uh. mold rum or something. All right. Now I will say earthy is not a turnoff for me. Earthy is a good thing. Okay. Um, well, that's because you love scotch. I love scotch. Uh, I also love coffee. And uh-huh. uh, one of my favorite coffees is the Sumatra blend coffee. Uh, and for me, it's just... I always describe it as being very earthy. And a lot of people get turned off by that. They go, oh, it tastes like dirt. And it's like, well, that's not really what earthy means. There is a difference. I mean, that does make appearance in several different foods and beverages that call themselves earthy. Mm -hmm. So it's a definite red flag. But to me, Sumatra is the coffee that tastes the most like what I think coffee smells like. Okay. Uh, So it is when you you have that walk into a coffee shop and you... Well, I find this very ah. interesting, honestly, because just from knowing you and what you tend to lean towards as far Max, as flavors. Max, we're interesting. Have you met us? It's, no, I. this is the first time. Second. Um, <laughs> but uh, you lean towards very, very similar takes in beer as well. Yes. You like beer that I, is beer. I'll tell you what. And that yes. tastes like beer. The more. And the more it tastes like beer, the more you enjoy it. The more I learn about coffee, the more that I see that you can see someone's coffee tastes mirroring their beer tastes. Mm -hmm. And I think they have very similar with the bitterness and the depth of flavor and almost like that unfilteredness to it as well. I I really think there's a lot of similarities. Oh, yes. But um, Ian and I are ready for the Southern Tier. So if if you were a little tomato and I was a pop of tomato, I would smash you on the ground and say, catch up. Oh, <laughs> I think Ian may have just uh, taken the lead. He outpunned you. Taken the pumpkin pie. That there. just happened right now. The pumpkin pie. <laughs> he just got it back. Oh right my there. gosh! Wait, we need awful. a whiteboard. I have to keep. Stri- I have we, to keep. We should get a little little whiteboard. That's a really a good idea. Tally board. All right, so hold on. We're gonna pour. Maybe oh. that way we could keep Toss. track of this conversation. So Ian just poured us a little Southern Tier pumpkin. And when I say us, I mean me and Ian because Cousin Max, Max is, still is still playing. playing the baby tomato. I'm Aww. still savoring this. I don't know, man. You might savoring? be that's so. I don't know. Dedicated. But we have. Two I'm liking. I'm liking the nose tier. on this Southern Tier. I gotta say. All right. Okay. I I had a sip, and I have to be honest. I'm on the fence. It's good. I like it. It's. It's something I would seek out. It's something chocolate stout, though. I have not yet had it on draft this year, and I need to find it on draft. However, having it immediately after the chiflet, it's it's not as pumpkin pie-y. It's not as dessert-y. It's not as it's more like sinful. Oh, he's taking a moment. Inspiration is hitting. Get it, it's getting it on the size of the mouth, not like the another size of the tongue where the bitter is. It's more. Uh... I almost want to say like a cookie. 
like a pumpkin like a cookie. Gingerbread I, cookie almost. Or a, I have oh. to admit. Uh-oh. You haven't tried it yet. You, you can't admit anything. This bottle that, uh, this unopened bottle that, uh, for now um, is Give actually the 12th bottle that I've purchased in the past three weeks. Have you had so 11 you like other ones? I love the pumpkin this year. Well, can we Why? can we compare and contrast it with the I label would love art? To. The label try, art well, mostly. Oh, the label mine. art first off, first off, Southern Tier and their label art I find absolutely amazing. <clears throat> it's so, very simple, but definitely gets the point across. Right. And it's clever. At the same time, I'm looking at this Weyerbacher one and it's like this detailed delightfulness where you actually see this is called the pum king for southern tier so he's the king of the pumpkins basically and for wirebacher i don't know whether they ripped off on it or not I'm, you know, i don't know who came first i did not research but that there is this giant pumpkin with a cape and a staff and a crown you just like evil over, things that's well, what he is, is the imperial pumpkin he is imperial yeah. Lording over all of these little pumpkins that are just growing in a field. Like, they're not even real pumpkins. They don't have faces. <laughs> and he's like, They don't have capes. Like, they're not there's real. Like a forest behind them. Like, it just looks so menacing and Halloween y. Full of Halloween. But that's, that's, <laughs> that is the interesting thing. Yeah, about you can't call something a weenie and, it, yeah. and have it and be cool. And then the pumpkin <laughs> is just like this mean mother pumpkin king. Yeah. How original. Yeah, like a jack-o'-lantern <laughs> cut out with a scary face. And then above them are these bats. So again, I'm thinking Halloween, but I'm thinking Weyerbacher wins this round. For just the label Personally. art. Personally. Yeah, right. for the label art. You're not art. saying taste or flavor. No, I'm just talking, talking label art. Right all right, now. so Max doesn't get a vote because he has not yet had all three today. Today. But which based matters. on the three that we have had and your own preferences, which do you like the best? Stop reading. Start answering. Oh, me? Yes. Uh, I'm sorry. You go first. I'm reading. <laughs> Gotta be honest, I'm going to go with Chiflet, Uh which is not what I expected when I started today, especially because as of last year, Weyerbacher was my favorite, and as of the year before, Pumpkin was my favorite. Uh, the Chiflet, I have to admit, came from the Total Wine Store, closest to my house, and I know the wine buyer there very well, or beer buyer even um how many buyers there do you know very well his name is andy and we get along great and he likes <laughs> First to name basis. he likes like to critique that. my uh beer pairing menus when i make them he's a fantastic proponent of of helping me take something that's good and make it even greater um especially on a budget he understands the fact that you know like for the beer pairing barbecue when you're feeding 30 you've kind of got to keep a budget in mind um it was the Chiflet pumpkin or the Chiflet pumpkin that was his recommendation, and he said, you know, of all of the pumpkins, and right now, I mean, end of September, early October, the pumpkin beers in a store like that, there's like 20 to choose from, and he said the Chiflet is it, and I bought a six pack to start, and I was like, okay, yeah, it. We'll see what it means, and uh, the next week I was. When back are you going to learn to trust Andy? I was back to buy a case the next Andy week. Andy trusts you, and. I should probably buy another case. Give him the same Because respect. Jason will have one or two at night right now. He is completely on a pumpkin kick. He's like, oh, there's cold in the air and there's spice in the beer and sign me up. He is so excited. He absolutely loves it. See, he's not here, but I talked to him. Because I'm going to steal a Jason. sip because I, I must contrast. You yes. should because it, it is it is noticeably different. And I will say, 
And no offense to Weyerbacher, because I love them dearly. And their Merry Monks will probably always be one of Well, we can talk about Merry Monks later. Let's just talk about their pumpkin Fair right enough. Now. I'm just going to say that their pumpkin does not match up to either of these two. I now must decide between the Chiflet and the Southern Tier. Can you tell me why you think it doesn't hold a candle to the other two? I mean... I know that I'm biased, and because last year I fell in love with it, I had very high expectations. But now, looking forward, what are you experiencing? Uh, I guess I also admittedly will enjoy the pumpkin pie flavor of a beer. I think the Weyerbacher embodies a great beer that has pumpkin in it. Okay. It doesn't necessarily have that Thanksgiving night pumpkin to it. And the only time of the year I'll eat pumpkin... Is on Thanksgiving. Like, I don't have, like, I can't think of a time during the rest of the year when I'll be like, oh, this is pumpkin in it. Great. Or, oh, I'd love to have a slice of pumpkin pie. Like, maybe the next morning for breakfast. But see, I pumpkin have... kind of shows up once a year, and it's on Thanksgiving. And maybe that's not, that shouldn't be And that's case. only five, six weeks from now, so we're a right. little ahead of our time. I have a interesting relationship with pumpkin where uh, I actually hate pumpkin pie. Okay, did you not tell us that before we started I'm today? Sorry, I'm I do not like I'm pumpkin so pie <laughs> at all. And my mother makes, from what I hear, phenomenal pumpkin pie, and I'm there every year for Thanksgiving. And I've n- never had it beyond the age of 10 or 11, because that is when I decided I did not like pumpkin pie. Are you going to try it this year? I've tried it. I've yeah. never eaten a full piece, because I just sincerely do not like it. I make a pumpkin mousse that's out of this world. And it's, it's more, however... I love pumpkin. I love the flavor of it. I like roast pumpkin. I like that savory pumpkin. And that's pumpkin soup. Pumpkin soup. Pumpkin. I mean, pumpkin. Anything pumpkin. Other pumpkin than nuggets. Pie. Pie. Is sure, just that's normal. <laughs> something about the pie. It's. I don't know what it is because I like every ingredient that goes into it. I like the cardamom. I like the cloves. You can I like say that word. Cinnamon. I could not say that I word. I like the the Good whipped word. cream topping. I like the pumpkin itself. I like all the aspects that go into it. But for some reason, I cannot really enjoy pumpkin pie. So when I'm looking at beers, um, as far as what I'm looking out of them, the pumpkin pie element is actually the least what uh, of what I'm looking for. Can I ask you a really gritty question? Grit away. Does your mom use real pumpkin? Oh, yes. So she doesn't go buy the canned stuff. She actually roasts her own. I'm and sure there have been times where it's happened. All but right. Typically, yes. You can tell by looking at the pie. I'm not going to lie. If the pie is light. If it kind of glows a little bit, it's not (laughs) real. No, but... If there's a gelatinous movement. Oh, you guys (laughs) If the pie shakes when someone new walks into the room. If the pie looks like maybe it's jello. (laughs) But you can't. I mean, if it's a true, I went out to the patch and got this pumpkin and roasted it and carved it and made it into pie, it's a much lighter color than if you buy the canned stuff. Well, what my parents would do is that every Halloween, they'd get the pumpkins and right. they'd do the carvings and everything like that. And, and then, then scoop out all the innards. scoop out all the innards and everything else like that. And then right you know, before the pumpkins would start going sour, because again, going back to pumpkin lamp, it's not a good great. idea. No. Um, they would harvest the rest of the meat from the pumpkin and they would jar it can it whatever they needed to do and then that same pumpkin that was used for halloween would then be used again right around thanksgiving so i like the element of everything that went into it the fact that it was this um you know reusable pumpkin so to speak 
A multi-purpose. But what I like is I like grilled pumpkin. I oh, like it's delicious. savory pumpkin. I like I like that that big bold pumpkin flavor not being masked by the herbs and the uh, the spices. Do you know what I have for you? What do you have? For Last you? night when we got our bill from pumpkin, they gave us little pumpkin packets seeds. of roasted pumpkin seeds. Amazing. It was so charming. Charming. <laughs> so if you would like to take some roasted pumpkin seeds with you today, Pumpkins. I highly recommend it. I think that would make a good granola or something. That sounds Pumpkin really seeds are... Great granola. And I would or like to find a beer that was... Because, I mean, there are very many nutty beers out there. Yeah, undoubtedly. Um, I would like to have a beer that had Sammy that Smith pumpkin Lampranil. seed kind of... Uh, that pumpkin seed flavor to it. And actually, that's one of those things that I don't see enough, honestly. I don't see enough nuts well, get and, brewing. and seeds and everything else thrown into beers. Because I've look at look at flavor. I mean, some of them are extremely bold. Like, look at pistachios. Could you imagine a pistachio Ian's beer? Ian's nuts for I pistachios. Sure can. I have never met pistachios. anyone who likes that would be pistachios as much as Shannon's pistachios. now in the running for the puns. <laughs> but, uh, Welcome to the team. <laughs> No, I just I find uh, nuts are one of those. I mean, they're they're good they're for meaty. you. They're delicious. They're meaty. They're they have rich a lot in flavor. Of, they have a lot of complexities to them as well. And I feel like you know that's a, that's an untapped um, that's an untapped keg flavor. of delicious. You're really trying. Now. I'm, I am. You're I'm really actually, reaching that was here. a conscious effort. But uh, no, I mean, I just find that um, you know nuts are very very autumnal winter. They're a little crazy. flavor as well. Can I be honest? We're at this time right now where we need to take a moment and dig into some listener questions. Okay, let's do it. So we have this habit of getting our listener questions from all over the place. And today's starts with Max actually talking to a friend of his. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, somebody that I work with uh, was, uh, we were having a... You work? I, I Surprisingly, <laughs> I managed to hold down a job with the... You know, ample supply of beer that the I seem to be going through. <laughs> um, but yes, uh, a coworker of mine uh, had found out that I was uh, pretty avid into beer drinking and had a couple questions about pumpkin beers because to the uh, to the inexperienced uh, palate, you know, pumpkin beer sounds kind of strange, overwhelming almost. Oh, definitely overwhelming. So she was just asking me a few questions as to you know how to kind of break into this, um, you know, because she had sampled a few with me and you know she really kind of liked them but what should she There's be no looking shame for i just want to say absolutely not say that um pumpkin beers uh i would always advocate uh be the advocate for starting off the way i did which is go dogfish head really? um, it's very approachable it's a very easy to drink beer um if you're not a uh, craft beer um you know self-proclaimed aficionado they're slightly lower on the ABV level, which means that they're more approachable on the getting myself home after drinking these. Um, now, I always find that I like the second beer more, and it's usually after a higher ABV first beer. Mm -hmm. So maybe you just drink some, like, vodka and then drink a pumpkin beer. Can I clarify? What, what was she looking for? Just to learn to drink pumpkin beer or... Why is it popular, or well, what was her question specifically? Like so many um, beer drinkers out there, um, mass market beer is the go-to. Um, whether it Bud be, Light Lime. Whether it be, I'm surprised it's not a Bud Light uh, pumpkin. Oh my God, Let's that just happened. Let's not even bring this Don't up. Don't even, no. On the off chance that somebody hears this and wants to... <laughs> I feel like you're going to email the company after Run this. <laughs> right over to Bud and, and uh, try to market I get that. naming rights. 
Um, but essentially, BLP. It's, essentially, there's a lot of uh, that's platinum. And I think that flavored flavored craft beers are actually a very good way to introduce yourself to craft brewing. I would agree. I think that a flavored beer, especially for people that don't necessarily love beer, that don't know that they love beer yet, uh, is a great introduction to it and say, hey, what do you think about this? Oh, that's really good. But I, I mean, I still don't really like beer. Well, you're drinking beer right now. Are you thinking Lambics? Are you thinking like the blueberry wheats? Or what are you thinking when you say flavored beer? I'm thinking... Anything that is not your typical beer. I'm thinking pumpkins. I'm thinking... Well, I would even... Look, I'm thinking I, lambics. Strawberry wheat. I would, strawberry even, loop, beer. I would even loop uh, Heffies into that. Really? I would. Coriander is not a common flavor. Coriander is a flavor. Jason won't talk to me yes, if I say the so word coriander is, in a sentence. It's when I'm thinking of a flavor... When I'm thinking of a beer, I'm thinking of two what? flavor characteristics. All right. Malt and, and hops. Hops, of course. That's really what I'm for looking it. for. When I'm thinking of a beer and what a beer tastes like, I'm thinking of hops and I'm thinking of malts. So what you're when saying is... When I've got is... something above and beyond that. So, yes, with a Lambic, you know, when you've got, especially with like a framboise. Um, you chocolate know, stout. Chocolate stouts. <sighs> uh, don't even get me Now he's talking dirty. <laughs> but um, even, Creme brulee. Even, oh. a lot of, even a lot of porters. Porters are porters by characteristic are very chocolatey, very coffee. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they're... They are the um, dessert beer. Someone talked to me in they December. Are the red we are going to do a porter beers. episode. It's going to be amazing. The deep red wines. Yes. Yes. They're no. They're the you know, the cab the salves and the malbecs of, and the burgundies. Of the beer yes. world, in my opinion. I agree. Barbarossos. They they really they have a lot of those earthy you know going back to the earthiness. Um, they have a lot of those earthy coffee chocolate um, dark notes um, that. But what does that have to do with your coworker and pumpkin? The Let's flavor. Really? Start with flavor. Start with flavor. If you're interested in beers, um, get into something that's going to have that upfront flavor to it. That almost, I would, I don't want to say this because it sounds dirty. That masks the beer flavor. No, I, I completely hear but what you're saying. I don't think we that have such interesting it. interpretations of what dirty means. I don't <laughs> think that it masks it. I think that it bridges it. It, it highlights it. It makes sense. it more approachable. Chocolate Stout from Southern Tier is a phenomenal beer. It's delicious. It's desserty. It tastes it like heavenly. chocolate. Can I tell you why it I like it? It also tastes like beer. It tastes like a stout. I feel that the reason it is so good is because it tastes like impeccable dark chocolate. It tastes like Swiss dark chocolate, not, you know, some random Hershey's injection or whatever mixed with incredible stout it, right you know it you tastes like the, guinness you get with the great dark stout chocolate. characteristics it, at yes. the same time that you actually taste like a bar of chocolate you know You're right and so i completely agree you want them you want them to say oh i really like this and then you can go great let's let's have a few more of these and then let's take that flavor out and see what you think about beer i really look at it like this i'm and i'm extremely excited when people that I know um, that are not really uh, inoculated, so to speak, into the beer drinking world, uh, when they come to me and ask me questions, is how do I get interested in this? How do I get into this? Because I really do feel like, I mean, it, it took me a while, really, to get into the whole beer drinking scene. Um, and when I did, I couldn't let go and I wanted more. And I just kept wanting more. And I really do like coaching along and, and getting people into that 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 element where they're not drinking these you know 2.5 abv is um, that still beer watered down i mean whatever yes, you'd like to really it. call it um lack of flavor 
you know, it, it's yeah. The two two point five does not does not say lack of flavor. It's just that there's a lot of lack of flavor beers that tend to be that bad. are two point right. five, right? So I think one a good question, and I know that I'm so bad at this. And when people ask us questions, the first thing I want to do is counter offer, and I want to I want to ask more probing questions to find out what they really want to know like a good doctor but maybe the question for her is what she's looking for in a pumpkin beer because just like we've talked about today there's that pumpkin pie there's that roast pumpkin there's so many there's things that, that ginger snap cookie yes. pumpkin flavor i would say for the untrained pumpkin beer drinker go Give for the pumpkin pie. pie yeah go for the pie and i have to say at the same <laughs> time that it's caught on like breweries have seen how successful pumpkin beer is pumpkin ale is now very common over the last three or four years it's really taken off so you're not going to have a lack of options well and once again try everything you can and see what you do and do not like i don't think that pumpkin beer has just taken off i think pumpkin beer has been around probably since the pilgrims landed of course you would say that since fermented pumpkins well, i was came there around. No, you were, but, I was going to say, the man with gray in his beard wants to talk about the ages. What? I just want to say, like, Low blow I think chance. that craft craft brewing I'm is losing new. the pun argument. I have to go for something. Craft brewing is new in the States because of our history, because of the world wars, because of prohibitions, and all those things limited resources. They limited the availability of alcohols. Before that, every town, every small hamlet had their own brewer, and... They also didn't have, oh, let me import some hops from San Diego, which didn't exist. Or Holland. Let me or get some hops wherever. from Germany, which was across an ocean. They had to use what they had, and they had a ton of pumpkins. Like, pumpkins were available, which and they is, were used in beers back in the day. Which is something I was actually just going to bring up, and then I was thinking, how readily available are pumpkins in Belgium? In Belgium, not at all. That's they're, what they're, I mean. they're not a European thing at all. They right. are almost strictly American. And that's what I was, that's the next thing that I was going to jump into is um, I would love to see a fusion between like a. Like a Belgian like pumpkin a, IPA? Talk to Elgash. They're so quad. good. Talk to Evil Twin. <gasps> a Belgian that would be pumpkin quad. <laughs> Again, I say, get brewing. That sounds fantastic. Quadkin. Quad king, quad king, and your friend—it just be a very strong-looking quad. I like it. <laughs> your work friend, whose question we just answered—what was yes. her name? Uh, Chan. Chan. All right. So Chan, I am sorry if that was not helpful, but it was entertaining for us, and we hope that you gained something from the pontification that we just gave you. Uh, now we are going to move on to a Twitter question from AJ. And AJ tweeted to me at Beer Mistress, and he wanted to know, this is a very interesting question, I have to say. He said, I am not so into beer, but a lot of my friends are, and I would like to learn to like beer. Try a pumpkin beer. <laughs> <laughs> you will never thirst again. So, but I think it's a very legitimate thing, especially, I mean, when we talk about going to BYOs and we talk about um, checking out new bars and things. Pairing um, beer and food. Yes, exactly. A lot of places have designer cocktails or a really good wine menu, but for someone who's just learning beer, how would you recommend they get into a love of beer? 
there are so many different types of beer. There's there's Hefeweizens, there's Stouts, there's Porters, there's Lagers. There's all those different things. You have to try all of them. And you have to find out which one of them you dislike the least. And then you need to explore the other options of that style. And then I think you can branch out from there. Because once you like that style... Hey, you know what? When I was a kid, I hated vegetables. They were terrible. They didn't taste good. My palate didn't like them. You know why? I'd never had them. They were bitter. They had, you know, like... They, they have those strange flavors. They're, they're peppery. Uh, and now you... And Eat now more Brussels sprouts I, than anyone I love I know. <laughs> vegetables. I think vegetables are fantastic. But part of that is saying, hey, I ate enough vegetables that I like vegetables now. I, I appreciate the flavors that they bring to the table. Um, again, stop drinking crappy beer, bad beer. Uh, don't drink any of the, the mass-marketed American beers. We need to come up with a code word. We do. Like, like a really cryptonym awful, that means... terrible beers. Yes. Uh, don't drink those. They're they're not good. They're not beer. They're they're dirty water, and I don't care if I get sued. Uh, they're awful. <laughs> they're they're bad. They're not beer. There are nothing. There's nothing in them that is good. There's no flavor. I think that's the biggest yeah, thing is that what we love in a good microbrew is the beer or the flavor. And if all you're thinking of when you think beer is, you know, your standard mass market American, you know, 3%, 3.2%, super light, no flavor, low calorie. Beer. It's like, yes. okay, well, you know what? Food has calories in it. Everything has calories Then what in are it. you tasting? You're yeah, tasting nothing. You're I tasting think, mostly water. I think, to be honest, what, what Ian's really trying to sum up and say is if you want to get to drink beer, drink beer. Start drinking beer. But it's hard. But start drinking good beer. When it's well, drinking, six, seven dollars a pint. Why do I want to drink beer I don't like? But this is exactly the case that I took. Um, don't be afraid to try new things is my point. I used to go out and I'd pick up a case or two of some nondescript beer that I probably don't even remember or recall drinking. You obviously don't, as we can hear right Which now. Which was a phenomenal waste of, what, 50 bucks for two cases of beer? That's great. I don't remember any of it. I would never recommend, recommend I've had five beers any for $50 of these beers. And I would talk about them. And that's exactly the point that I'm trying to make is that I would Hello, prefer, McKellar Delicious. Instead of going out and buying one case of beer for $25, $30, I would much prefer buying a bottle or two of $12 or $14. $12, $14, $15 bottle. You know why? Because if you're drinking for any, for any reason, whatever reason it is that you are drinking, if you are drinking to. For forget. flavor, if you are drinking to forget, if you are drinking <laughs> so to whatever you are drinking for, it makes more sense to drink good beer. Always. Because of the flavor, because of, let's be honest, be, the ABV. The ABV. <laughs> I mean, you are going to... I don't to, know a lot of fantastic beers that are like, oh, three, four, five percent. You are going to get significantly more effect, should I say, to keep things light, out of a really, really good craft beer than you would out of a case of not so good beer Absolutely. and the price difference really like i said is yes if you want to drink a lot rethink the way that you're doing your beer drinking well and if i can have a moment to be a little girly and i'm sorry but that's what happens when the beer mistress gets the mic i like sour apple oh no oh god no i like sour apple washington apple martini <laughs> delicious um i don't it's not the calories and it's 
it's about the experience and I don't want to bother taking the time and the the calories to drink a beer that doesn't give me anything for it. You know, if all I got is a little carbonated water taste for 200 calories, then what's the point? At that point in time, I would rather have something delicious and indulgent and flavorful. It's sort of like if I could have a soda or I could have a milkshake, a which would I rather have? A milkshake. Yeah, exactly. So in this case, if I could have... I stopped drinking soda when I turned 21. It's really about... You're a rare egg. If you're yeah. really... Slash if you're, 18 and look 21. If you're really, <laughs> if you're really counting calories, make drink. each calorie... True enough. ...worthwhile. Which would, to that, you know, instead of drinking a beer with 64 calories, you know, and drinking 10 of them, drink one Just great drink beer. Of vodka. Drink I used to do that. Drink one great beer. That's going to probably have about the same amount, but you're going to get so much more flavor, so much more fun, so much more effect. And be down the road, I mean, if, if two, three years ago when I started breaking into to real beer drinking, if two or three years ago I could think that I was going to be spending as much on two or three bottles as I was for an entire case, I would have called you crazy. You would have laughed at yourself. I would have said there's no way. I mean, I would much good rather thing you have, got the promotion. I would much rather have more beer than good beer. And how wrong was I? At this point, you know, I will go and I will not drink for four days in a row some days. Well, beer. <laughs> but when I, I do say, drink, I didn't believe you there for a second. I was like, and, you are a liar. And, and <laughs> dancing on the line of copyright infringements, when I do drink, <laughs> I don't always drink beer, but when I do... I, I drink pick, good beer. <laughs> I pick good beer. I agree. Absolutely. So drink good beer. Uh, try, try a variety of beers. Find, find that style that you like and branch out from there. And then go back and try those other styles that maybe you didn't like at first. Because I'm sure that you will find others that you enjoy. And AJ, I'm going to oversimplify it because that's my, that's my forte. But drink with friends. Because when you are when sitting at a table with six or eight other people. If you don't like one of them. Somebody will. Somebody will. And at the same time, you can take a sip of the seven or eight other beers at your table. And so that's a great way to find out if maybe you do like what's going on over there. Um, so I know it's, again, probably not the most helpful advice, but drink beer, drink good beer, and drink beer with friends. How's that? Sounds great. A nice I little like button it. on that. I All like right. it. Yeah. So we have one last question today, and it comes from Ashley via Facebook. Hey, Ashley on Facebook. All right. And the question is quite simple, actually. Ashley wants to know, what can I make with brewer's yeast? Okay, well, I did a little research with this, and uh, the best answer is put it on popcorn or make dog biscuits. Dog biscuits. All right. I don't have a dog, but that's... Delicious. <laughs> well, you don't have to eat them yourself, so feed them with your dog. If you don't have a dog, go buy a dog. If you don't want to buy a dog, buy a good beer instead. They're cheaper. There you go. <laughs> so that seems like a, a good place to uh, wrap up because it's been a, it's been a good hour or so. And Cousin Max, you are always welcome back with us. We really enjoy your company. And I enjoy yours. And these pumpkin beers That's have true. been phenomenal pumpkin. today. All I'm going to say is next time we come, it's just we're getting deeper into winter. Buckle up. I like it. All right. Porters and stouts. So until next time, thank you for joining us on the Microbrew Review. This is Shannon, your beer mistress. This is Ian. And this is Cousin Max. And we'll see you next time. Thanks. Take care.